It was a huge night out, and uh, in my drunken stupor, I actually hit my groin on one of those chunky bollards. But as it turned out, it actually wasn't a bollard at all. I was sexually assaulted by Brad Drew. I know it might sound strange to say it, but if I had the choice between keeping Cameron Smith or Augusto Pinochet in power, I'd still lean with Pinochet. The trio would have to be Craig Gower, Jason Moody, and Sam Obst. Because I just can't see another three players fitting in musically with Craig McLaughlin and Check One Two. Hello and welcome to the final episode of the Voluntary Tackle for 2019, the only NRL podcast hoping that Sydney's New Year's Eve fireworks display is replaced with a ceremonial burning of Jared Haynes' legacy. I'm your host, Eamon Brown, and today on the show we'll be discussing Wayne Bennett's integrity, David Fafita's punishment, Jake Friend's frail bones, state of origin squads, and of course we'll also be looking at how the Bulldogs will fare in 2020. But first, I am joined in the abandoned 70s discotheque by two people today, which I think technically doubles our listenership, I'm not sure. The first is a man who once started up a support group for those left psychologically damaged by Russell Crowe's singing in La Miserable. That mental health advocate I refer to is, of course, Xander Risotto, and making his second appearance on the show. The man referred to in Twitter boardroom meetings as a major economic headwind. It's Media Watch Mario. Welcome, lads, to the show. Thank you. Um, now, now, I'm going to have to start with you, Mario. Whatever possessed you to want to come on a show like this? I mean, are you just some of the, the, a masochistic person or wants, someone who wants to self-harm? What's going on here? I was just hoping that my residual hatred from 2013 would allow me to commit murder without feeling any sort of guilt on <laughs> oh, well. people such as yourselves. <laughs> okay, well, that's Before a strategy. sort out a couple of Roosters fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm incredibly scared all of a sudden. i um, feeling decidedly less informative as I was a moment your, ago. Uh, your premier's shirt. There. I know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the other thing. I haven't exactly dressed in camouflage here today, Mario. I have flamboyantly dressed in my Premier's shirt, and I actually considered putting one of those uh, limited edition VB cans uh, of the Roosters and Blazed emblem on the table as well. I'm glad I refrained from doing that. Um, I may live now. Well, if it helps, I was at that grand final in the Roosters Bay cheering for your team, so oh, that mate. particular grand final... Against Melbourne? Me. Yeah. No, no, against Raiders. Oh, against the Raiders. That's back-to-back. Yeah. Back. Oh, yeah. right. that's right, mate. That particular, um, well, it could have been either one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing as Roosters fans, you tend to lose track. That's the issue. Before I get to you, Zender, how's your off-season been, Mario? Uh, uh, my off-season, just really relaxing, surprisingly. My okay. job is supposed to keep me really busy this time of year, and instead it hasn't, and I've spent lots of time watching NBA. Oh, okay. How dare you mention another sport on this podcast, sir? Uh, I mean, I've been watching replays <laughs> of the 2008 and 2011 Grand Finals. That's all you've been doing. You've been just trying to follow Daly Cherry Evans wherever he goes, because listeners may not know this, but obviously you're a diehard Manly fan. Um, has that been your whole life, or were you converted through some kind of evangelist at some point? Um, I started watching Rugby League with no help from anybody else, just decided to watch it one day. And yep. I, I said, okay, who's got a nice colour? So I started pick following Canberra. When okay. I was a kid, but then once I actually I started school right near Brookvale Oval mm. and was surrounded by Manly fans and I was only nine years old and yep. decided, okay, I should follow this team now. Fair enough. So you were, you were a conformist very early. I suppose so. It just seemed easier to follow the team where I lived than, no. you know, be, I, the, be the outcast. I completely agree with that. In fact, I was born and bred uh, in the eastern suburbs, uh, for the record, so no one can lynch me. I'm not some kind of weird blow-in. And Xander, you, you yourself as well in a yeah, similar likewise. boat. But, but a little bit like you, Mario, when I was, uh, I, you know, in primary school, I think everyone in the family 
uh, watch the Raiders just because they won everything. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think every kid yeah. our age actually loved the Canberra Raiders. Yeah. I love that team too. That, in the 80s, they were just, you know, like they basically had the kangaroos in that club side. It was yeah. ridiculous. You know? I remember, I think there was a, a 94 team they had. We're really drifting here, but fuck it. <laughs> it's the off season. No one's listening. Yeah. Um, where they just had this team where you had a number of players who could just run 100 metres by themselves and beat eight people. Like Noah Andrewku, Ken Nagus, Brett Mullins, and it could have been any of them at any point. And I remember distinctly watching a game against St George, big shout out to all the Dragons fans, where they destroyed them, blew them off the park. And I think Ken Nagus at one point beat about eight players, pulled up his shorts because they were falling off, and then beat three more before scoring. Those were the days for the Raiders fans. Uh, lamentably, it wasn't this year because they got beaten by the legendary Sydney Roosters. Any opportunity to shoehorn uh, my blatant bias into the show, I'll certainly take it. Xander, uh, we're going to go over to you, mate. You've just come back from a trip from abroad. Uh, I believe you're in New Zealand. Did you find any um, talented batsmen over there? Because I think the team could surely use some. No, I, I hear that all left. They were they were actually <laughs> they were out fighting the fires. Um, <laughs> or playing for England. Or playing for yeah, England. That's right. Yeah. They beat what they what force, forcibly deported, were they? What was it like England's a good one? I remember back in the day when they were when they were decent, um, like they they called them Noah's Ark because they had two of everything. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of South Africans, a couple of Kiwis, that's it. a couple of uh, people from the West Indies. And a couple more. I remember there was yeah. a one point, I'm sure the composition of that English team was about 45% South African. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. They had a great team, but it wasn't theirs. I love that even uh, it was Kevin Peterson during the Rugby World Cup was like, you know, against England, he was tweeting for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then when, when South Africa won, he's like, yes, go South Africa. But I mean, that's not the perfect indictment right there. He I mean, didn't know who to go for. Because I could suggest that as Roosters fans, you guys should be big fans of the English team because none of your players come from England. Oh, I could feel that barb coming my that, way. I really could see the smirk on Mario's face. Did you detect but, it coming? That, that's really only appropriate for Souths because half their team were English until recently. Ah, uh, well, yeah, if you're going to take a literalist <laughs> example of it. Um, very quickly, on your New Zealand trip, I don't want to drift too far because I wanted to know if you went to the town of Bluff. Did no. you end up going there? Because on my last trip there, uh, I've probably already bored the podcast listeners with this before, but it's such an unusual place because there's basically just one main street. New Zealand, not a terribly populated country, as it turns out. But this is one of the least populated places. And it had the strangest composition of shops I've ever seen in my life. It went like sex shop, wedding shop, and milk bar in that sequence all the way down. And I remember thinking, why in loads over of three? And over. over and over and over again. But different proprietors, obviously, I assume. I would think those three could work perfectly together because they lead into each other in a way. Oh, well, pray tell, Mario, because I couldn't crack this puzzle. <laughs> give me give me the night out in Bluff the way you see it. Well, you walk into the sex shop, you yeah. make a baby, you, you, get, you get married and pr pretty soon... One of them, he was producing milk. Yeah, pretty. Oh, okay, Wait, do, I like do it. Do you buy the milk or do you sell it to them? I mean, that's <laughs> you what? sell them human milk. <laughs> so I assume these are milkshakes made out of the human memory. That's disgusting, Mario. I suspect in 2020 that's probably going to be the biggest trend. No, that, I think in 2019 that was a trend. There was stuff about bodybuilders having breast mm. milk oh, in 2019. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, they had to shut yeah. one down. Apparently yeah. there was a place, I think it was somewhere in Europe, could have been the Netherlands, sounds like it. I'm making up news there. Um, but it, it was getting lines around the street. But then people were getting these horrible illnesses because it was unfiltered yeah. human milk that adults are not supposed to sort of drink en masse. Um, and in, in a way, that's Darwinism, isn't it? Because if you're willing to drink the milk from uh, another woman's teat as an adult, 
Um, you sh- I hope you do die of some rare disease. As opposed to going, you know, down to the supermarket, just getting it from Cheryl is probably not the best <laughs> bet. You know, it's just like, just, I prefer mine on tap, uh, personally. Uh, look, we'll probably kick into the first, we, this is an NRL podcast, so we probably should kick into the first uh, topic right, of the day. League. <laughs> That's right. Seamless, Maybe fellas. they're all drinking, you know, human milk. <laughs> <laughs> it might be one of those health kicks a warrior get onto, you know, well, like Des the breathing. Hazel's latest scientific, you know, sh- whackery. Oh, oh yeah, he's into that. It was him yeah. and Freddie. They're both into mm. it. Freddie with the bare feet and the breathing, you know. Uh, but look, just when we thought the Latrell Mitchell saga was over, gents, and we thought, well, okay, he's going to definitely go into Souths in 2021. I think this we can put an end to all this rigmarole. Um, Souths coach Wayne Bennett had this to say. He said, we won't be signing Latrell. We have enough centres. <laughs> this is apparently what he told the Courier-Mail. <laughs> Now, given Wayne's propensity in the past uh, for lie? playing mind games, <laughs> or if you will, just lie, uh, especially to the media, can we trust Wayne on this, or is this is he playing ducks and drakes with the with the press? Yeah, I don't believe him. I and mean, the fact that he said we have enough centres is kind of a bit of a joke, actually, because you know it's it's no secret that Latrell wants to play fullback, and that's where they'd play him. So, is that right? See, I didn't actually think about that. Because to me, he's definitely not a fullback. Well, I mean, he, he, I know to you he's not, but uh, <laughs> but, but Latrell thinks he's a fullback. That, I know that much. <laughs> yeah, but Al- Johnson's not a fullback either. No, no, and they don't really have a, a full like a full time fullback in that team, right? Mm. So I mean, maybe maybe Bennett will be willing to give him a punt there, and then he might come back and say, "Well, I said we had enough centres, but I didn't say we had enough fullbacks." Hey, so. Do you guys think Alex Johnson's doing a fair job there? I think he's actually a pretty versatile player who hasn't. He's been fairly good as a fullback. He's not. He's not one of those guys that chimes in the line quite enough yet, but I would have thought he might be a, a fairly good long-term proposition. I'm getting a lot of shakes at the head here. I think he's a, de- a quite a maybe an above-average winger mm. who for, who's been put into fullback because they didn't have anybody else. Yeah, yeah agree. just as a as a bit of a gap, a he's, stop gap. He's not busy enough, and he's not strong enough in defence to be a, a, a full-time fullback. I don't think. So, Xander, you're assuming here that uh, this is all a lie, and that Ledron Mitchell is going to go to Souths and he's going to play fullback. Yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, I, where else is he going to go now? I mean, the Tigers, like, he, he, if he wanted a million bucks, they're willing to give it to him, and he's stuffed them around at this point. Yeah. Or, have you noticed the Tigers, unfortunately, they have come across a bit like that um, kind of desperate person on Tinder <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, they have. Because even now, even though he said, no, I'm not really interested. They've come across like Jerry off uh, Rick and Morty, you know, like <laughs> yeah. wanting to stay with Beth. I mean, it's yeah. just like... It definitely is a, an air of desperation yeah. about their tone, because even uh, only a couple of days ago, the CEO said... Look, it's still on the table. Yeah, <laughs> if, he, if, if he's willing to talk, there's with such us. a contrast here between them and the Roosters, where they basically said, "You got 1.6 million over two years. Take it or leave it. Um, and if you don't take it now, it's off." Yeah, you know. And whereas the Tigers, are, well, we're still willing to talk. You know? Well, it's interesting you say fullback, right? Because uh, like my mail is that they are looking to to get rid of Gagai, um, and yeah, right. you know he's been playing at that centre. So it seems like there's a, a an easy shift there that maybe. Wayne Bennett's not willing to um, expose publicly just yet, but I think they are shopping him around. And if they can get Gagai out of there, Latrell Mitchell's a perfect fit at centre. That's um, certainly the rumour is that Gagai mm. will end up at the Titans because they're the only club stupid enough to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I do love having this continual negativity on my left shoulder. I could use this in my general life, to be honest. So Gagai, obviously, I, I, he had a very, I think, especially by his own standards, last like this season uh, was pretty terrible. Um, but I actually thought, uh, the seasons leading into that, he's has been pretty good. Yes and no. If you value scoring tries, then he's had a pretty rubbish career outside of Queensland. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. He yeah, scored like, like 
the fewest tries for yeah. a starting player of that many games just about ever, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, you, we could ask Andrew RLP and he could probably confirm the details. Yeah, I know. And we will. Yes. Um, but he had a fairly decent season for the Knights, I thought, before he came across the Souths as well. Felt mm. like he was building to something, but lamentably it didn't really go anywhere. But anyway, that might be the shift. So um, we're all sort of fairly convinced that Wayne Bennett is lying here. Because he has had some form on the ball. We know he lied about James Roberts uh, yeah. when they brought him across. Uh, he reportedly lied about uh, to the Brisbane Broncos board um, in his attempt to sort of save his job at one point. Uh, he also lied about having a circumcised penis uh, to one of his former lovers. So he's, he's willing to go to great extremes, although that's, that's quite baffling. I'm not sure. I mean, still, that's not the most extreme lie he told. He also told Nick Pilatus he was coming to the Roosters at one point. That's true, yeah. yeah. And apparently, if you can believe, hand. If you believe Phil Gould as well, he was going to go to Penrith yeah, at one point. Yeah. He was going to go to Titans as a coach when he was up there at Brisbane. So basically he's a lying scumbag. Is that, <laughs> is that the consensus we've got here? I actually would like to see Latrell end up at the Titans. I, I would like that as well, but I'd like to hear why. <laughs> <laughs> because I think he would crash and burn dismally <laughs> and it would just be funny for lols. But if you're not being too mean about it, I'd they don't seem to rate AJ Brimson as a fullback mm. there. And so he, that would actually be a decent chance for him to prove himself at mm. fullback and potentially prove us all wrong and that he is yeah, a genuinely yeah. great player. Brimson's, I think, a great player. I, I think agree. he's a major prospect. Uh, unusual that they wouldn't you know, see that as a major thing. I, mean, I, I think he's unusual that the Titans wouldn't recognize <laughs> the talent. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is very true. Uh, now, we did also put this out to social media and we asked, is Wayne Bennett telling fibs about Latrell Mitchell not going to Souths? Uh, people weren't fooled by it. 84% of people said, yes, Wayne Bennett is lying. Welcome back to the Voluntary Tackle. Now, Brisbane's David Fafita uh, will not face any disciplinary action from the NRL Integrity Unit due to a lack of conclusive evidence over the incident that led him to being jailed in Bali last month. Now, lads, uh, given Fafita reportedly paid this security guard or whoever he was that he punched in the face a fairly large sum of money, um, isn't this evidence enough that he's already rearranged a guy's face? It seems a lack of evidence seems like an unusual uh, term to use when he's clearly done this. Am I right? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I mean, look, compare it to other things. We, I mean, I know Twitter always goes into an uproar, so that's no guide mm. of morality as such. But um, I think the, the uproar on this occasion might be a little bit justified because there's a whole bunch of precedents uh, where people have been co probably unjustly rubbed out of the game for much less than this. It's, it's a question of like what is the issue is it you know has he brought the game into distribute and distribute and do we know enough about what happened as well like i mean he punched the guy in the face was he provoked you know the guy settled he paid it out you know i don't, I don't know i mean it, it kind of feels like one of those things that is an that is a story because of the internet and all the rest of it doesn't feel like that big a deal but maybe you're right i mean it's it is enough evidence to show that maybe he was a bit of an oaf I don't know yeah well you said there's probably some missing gaps there yeah. in the story but wouldn't it be pertinent then to kind of get that out to the light of day let everyone know that this was either uh, an unprovoked I mean a provoked incident or something that was a bit more unseemly this it sounds like this is your first time understanding anything around the Brisbane Broncos <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> please point, regale actually. me uh, yeah. I, there has always been obviously this the um, Brisbane mafia, perception right? there's a perception that there's one rule for Brisbane and a one rule yeah. for everyone else as well I mean there's nothing the problem is because everything's been swept under the rug you can't say anything because 
I've certainly heard rumours from sources I trust on s certain issues around the Broncos, but I wouldn't say them out loud. How is Wayne Bennett, by the way? Is he... <laughs> I still said, in good I health, said though. Trusted sources. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Him. Of course. Um, no, well, I, I, I know that obviously they are they're a major economic advantage for the game, and, and, and the NRL are sort of at odds to want to meddle with that. So I know that there's an incentive to kind of want to sweep these things under the rug. But um, it's, it's not even like the NRL, right? I mean, what Mario was talking about is the fact that even the Brisbane media kind of close ranks and mm. don't report on this stuff. So they don't add any fuel to it and they kind of deprive it of oxygen. Well, I'm, I'm quite sick of your, your, your courier mail bashing, to be honest with you. It is a bona fide crash crag of integrity. I'll have, I'll have you know. It seems to be only the Sydney media that reports on issues. Yeah. The Sydney media will out everything. The Melbourne media are the absolute experts of covering things up. And uh, yeah, they I are. figure whoever is in charge of the courier mail must have done some, some internship down at one of the Melbourne papers and so understands... <laughs> Learned how to be a, a PR champion for the AFL um, in the, 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 yeah. the NRL in the style that the Melbourne media do for the AFL. Yeah, <laughs> so I think David yeah. Fafita has kind of doomed himself at the for, at the Brisbane Broncos. His his career's as good as over from this anyway, hmm. because the reality is, you look at the esta certain established Brisbane players yep. when they go out and they perform off field, they do it properly. Hmm. And he's just shown that he doesn't have any sort of commitment to the cause. So how can he yeah. play along such? You know, club legends like Matt Lodge, if that's the sort of off-season <laughs> standards that he sets. You're right. If your game, David, at least threaten a child. Exactly. <laughs> he was just trying to fit in, wasn't he, really? Yes. <laughs> he was doing his best. No, you're right. Um, I'd say the calibre of uh, moral human that they've attempted to recruit over the last couple of years, it, it, it is a great culture fit, now that I think about it. <laughs> great point raised, Mario. And, uh, wasn't it like they were... They were the NRL club that were sniffing around Israel Folau. They're just yep. wanting people who are effectively <laughs> troublemakers. And they know. had James Roberts there, and there's yeah. been plenty of stories and rumours about him. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard some of them as well. And they were very upset yeah. that Robert Mugabe died, because uh, obviously <laughs> they would have loved to have put him in as chairman. Um, so there's a lot of brood and missed opportunities up there. But look, I, I know just to provide some context for the listeners, um, you know, there obviously has been some cases where, in my opinion at least, uh, people have been hardly, uh, harshly dealt with. And I guess the two that come to mind are Dylan Napper and Mitchell Pearce. It, strangely, both Roosters players. I, I swear it's a coincidence. <laughs> How about we go to someone that's not a Roosters player, someone like uh, Adam Adam Elliott? The, Adam Elliott. What a blow, yeah. what a G up that was. Yeah, that was Absolutely. a complete load of nothing mm. and he just yeah. got this huge punishment for nothing. Yeah, so for in, any listeners that don't know, it was a Mad Monday celebration. As you do, you yeah. get drunk and you have fun and media were kind of hanging outside near the dustbins mm. hoping to catch images of something and unfortunately they caught too much of Adam Elliott who oh, had stripped down. it was a They were up on a balcony yeah. of something. Telescopic yeah, lens yeah, or something. There were, yeah, there were several stories up at a hotel, right, Basically indoors and but following what you you know you would expect the advice to be is keeping away from the public eye, mm. and they just yeah. And so, can anyone remember the exact punishment for Adam Elliott? Two hundred and fifty thousand, I think it was. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. So look, so you look at something like that, which is so innocuous. In fact, he hasn't even done anything wrong, in my opinion. Not even marginally. He's just having a good time at a private function. Yep. Um, which is so that's a great example, Mario. And yet we've got this incident where the NRL integrity unit says there's nothing to see here. And you can't you can understand that the yeah. fans thinking that there's a great hypocrisy here. And yeah, that's we, the question, right? It's the standard. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah, we can't unsee yeah. what we've all seen. We've mm. seen Adam Elliott's penis. <laughs> I meant with David Fafida. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The juxtaposition there was yeah, just, I know, yeah. I'm trying to follow along. Sorry. 
Sorry, I'm slow. sorry. Looking at looking at this sock you've got me talking into, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Made me think about Amelia's <laughs> penis. Your microphone <laughs> does look quite phallic, and I apologise for that. Uh, but no, if I finish your point, I feel like I intruded there, Mario, what you're saying. Oh, I think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, let's say we were, I love these thought experiments where we are the NRL. Um, what do we think would be a just punishment, even though, Xander, you pointed out, we may not know all the facts, mm. uh, but what should be a just punishment for uh, David Fafida in this case if indeed he has uh, just punched a guy in the face fairly unprovoked? I, I think if you take his name out of it and you just say, in a hypothetical situation where player X punches random person unprovoked, so it's yep. not necessarily him, yep. then I don't care if there's no charges pressed. If there's any evidence that the NRL can present, then that's bringing the game into disrepute mm. and there's got to be some sort of punishment that affects hi- himself and his club. Therefore, it might be as anywhere from two to ten weeks out or something like that yep. and a monetary fine. But and a fairly hefty fine, yeah. But the club is not allowed to pay on his behalf is the big catch. That's actually a very mm. good point because that's a bit of an out uh, for responsibility that's been set before. Zandy, do you agree with that? that? That kind of scale of punishment in this case? Taking yeah, no, Fafita's name out of it? I think that's a, an extremely fair point. And, you, you know, what you brought up before, the standard that's been applied to previous players is what everyone thinks about, right? And, mm. yeah, at the end of the day, if he's punched a guy in the head without any evidence that the guy would, you know, call him some awful name. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Even then, say he's called him an awful name, I mean, you know, rearranging his face mm. is probably not um, you know, a great mm. response. I, I also think that a good way to try and encourage clubs to hire the right players rather than going for the Matt Lodges of the world, mm. any fines should come out of the next year's salary cap. So even if yeah. the player has to play it in, pay it himself, all the club does, we don't really care. If it's uh, Adam Elliott has done the wrong thing, which, which he didn't, and he got a $250,000 fine, that coming out of the next mm. season cap yeah. would really make you think, is it worth taking a risk on the James Roberts and the Matt Lodges of the world? It's a great point. It's a good, it's a really good idea. It would incentivise How it. How dare you a, put so yeah. much good <laughs> thought into this podcast? <laughs> this is, we, gave, we, we gave you at least 10 instructions before coming on. Definitely all of them were, don't say anything logical that makes sense. Sorry, Xander. No, I, I think it's, they're brilliant ideas, right? Like, I mean, you've had a couple of off-seasons from hell. Like, this year has been nowhere near as bad as last year. But if you had a, a, a kind of incentivization for a no-dickhead policy across the NRL, mm-hmm. then, you know, you, you, would, you would hopefully see just a, a reduction in those incidents year on year. Yeah, and I love yeah. the idea of making it an economic risk. So yeah. it's not just we need to make sure we're a brand that the community yeah. trusts and likes and all those like other things. tax on stupidity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's also, it, it would be, you wouldn't see someone like the Dragons with the ridiculous decision to keep Jack DeBellin on yeah. their books, etc., yeah. training with the club. Mm. If they at least were showing they were putting him at arm's length, then you know the NRL might feel more lenient towards them. Whereas the fact is, everyone wants the Dragons to fail right now because they're supporting this alleged rapist. Mm. And just you can, it's fine that you don't sack him because of Duke process and all that sort of stuff, but don't actively support him and you know help his court case and try and get him mm. back into the game just because you're useless at your job of hiring and you know training yeah. players. That's, do I feel like that's a slightly different scenario? I mean, I take your point. I think they're all they're all right on point. But the idea of take the Fafita case versus the DeBellin case, and as you said, due process being the, the sort of distinguishing factor, is it wrong for a club to support a player uh, where he hasn't been proven to have done anything wrong yet? Whereas Fafita clearly has paid someone, and it seems like it's an acknowledgement that he's done something yeah, wrong. Yeah, sure, Fafita's paid someone. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. For the listeners... Yeah. Uh, Mario was using air quotes. I feel like I needed to communicate that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think 
It's a it's a messy area. You, you think of um, you know you can think of examples like um, Sean Kenny Dow. Uh, yeah. With his, you know, domestic violence charge. I would mention Brett Stewart, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very Brett true. Stewart, another really good example. Yep. But I, I do kind of think that you almost need to put those guys on ice until they, because I mean, the 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 corollary is if if they get you know proven to be guilty, um, then yeah, you've just continued to support somebody who's committed this horrible thing. I mean, you, you almost need to take them out of the picture while the due process plays itself out. So I agree mm. with... Well, at yeah. least if... I mean, I, I like the no-fault stand-down because mm. they're not saying you're guilty. They're saying because of this, take some time out. Mm. And had Brett Stewart been <coughs> suspended for a period of time on a no-fault stand-down setup, then he, it wouldn't have been David Gallup effectively saying you're guilty, piss off, yeah. Yeah. which is what it was, even though he was innocent and there was plenty of evidence available to the public that he mm. was innocent. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's it. It... it, it Put some distance between the NRL and the issue without without uh, having them take sides, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there a chance that people can manipulate and uh, and use that rule, for example, to accuse a player on the eve of a huge game, which will mean they will be automatically stood down? I'm always trying to analyse the un- a, inadvertent ripples here. There's a fair bit of legal consequences to doing that, and totally. I, I can't imagine yeah. any defamation one. laws in Australia are pretty strict. Yeah, uh, true. You, you're you're if you're on that end of it, you're risking an awful lot of damage to yourself if you're the person making that accusation with nothing behind it. And if there was anything linking that person mm. to an involved club, mm. that club would be, be pushing shit uphill just to stay in the comp. Yeah. Well, shot down in flames there. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Voluntary Tackle. Uh, now, we're talking Jake Friend. We're talking Sydney Roosters. And that never happens on this show. I know this is an outlier. Um, so you're just going to have to put up with it for this brief moment. Uh, but there has been calls, gentlemen, for Jake Friend to move into retirement. I guess in the last couple of seasons, he has sustained a few injuries, notably this the mm. last season in particular. He had two major ones. I believe it was a torn bicep and a broken arm or a broken forearm. wrist, broken forearm. Yeah. Pretty nasty stuff, but I guess it's rugby league and it happens. Um, now, uh, following those injuries, uh, Friend himself has actually hit back at that suggestion, though. Uh, he labelled the calls grossly exaggerated. Um, but I'm going to put it out to the table here. Is Jake Friend's time almost up or should he push on? We'll start with you, Xander. They're awkward injuries, but I don't think they're career-ending injuries. They're, like, I mean, we mentioned a few um, uh, Like if you'd players. fractured your penis, you're probably going to go, that's a four or five-year thing. I don't, maybe that's going to end my career. Well, I mean, to be fair, you know, <laughs> Peter Wallace and was it Frizzell, yeah. they both ruptured testicles and Ooh, they've kept yeah. on playing. So. Yeah. I, this, this is a, um, I'm, I'm aghast that I don't know this, but a ruptured testicle... I know Brett Kamali had this as well. What's the medical science behind this? I feel like I need to throw this to you, Murray. <laughs> what, what, what is involved in a ruptured testicle other than extreme pain? That was going to be my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just sounds so fucking horrible. You almost don't want to investigate. You, you want you, there, there is a great uh, story of the All Blacks, I think, in the 70s. One of the, one of the oh, was it uh, Colin Meads or something? One of these famous All Blacks had a testicle rucked out in a game. <laughs> I and, love the idea and, of it being rucked and out. He kept, <laughs> and he played until the finish of the match. He just kept playing. So, you know, you have to imagine there must have been a testicle just lying on the pitch. <laughs> and that's back point. when they were playing for no money as yeah. well. <laughs> well, in New Zealand they were playing for something. But. <laughs> yeah, I could, I'm just trying to imagine, put myself in that, that mall and just seeing what I believe to be a testicle rolling on the ground. Do I... 
as the opposition to us stomp on it? Uh, or do I let someone know? <laughs> we, we want to limit this man's ability to breed and make more more all blacks. That's right. Do, it's do a long term stomp. Pick it up and throw it into the crowd. <laughs> yeah, do a Maloney. But... I just want to know if you do have a if you lose a testicle from such extreme pain, would you mm. be getting phantom pain for a long time? That you know, like oh, yeah. identical twins. Exactly. Like if it's been separated from the body, if you were to punch. Or I don't know why you'd punch the testicle. <laughs> it seems really odd. But if, if you would, uh, would the would the actual host uh, host person be hurt by that? Mario, I have no medical expertise whatsoever, but I'm going to say yes. I'm more curious. You seem to have an odd obsession of stomping, <laughs> punching testicles. Is there something you need to tell us? So back to Jake. Frank. I was abused. <laughs> I, had a t- I had a rough childhood, but I'll, it's for after the show. We'll make that an Easter egg in the show a bit later. <laughs> Um, but look, you're right, it's a great segue. Well, it's not really. Back to uh, Jake Friedman. We'll use it anyway. Um, now, is this a lot of this talk down? I'm just going to throw a theory out here that a lot of this talk might be down to Sam Verrills having um, a great season Breakout, in replacing yeah, yeah. Friend. Obviously, if, if we had someone that didn't come in and do as good a job as him, I don't imagine this kind of talk would be about. Is that a fair call? I assume it's completely just, you know, getting rid of Blake Ferguson for cocaine. It's the same sort of thing. It's yeah. just Uncle Nick trying to save himself a dollar or two and when I heard that there was any sort of a chance that Jake Friend might be shopped around with Roosters taking up some dollars I was thinking Manly should be jumping on him because we don't really have a hooker right now you have a great team but yeah not necessarily a a really established number nine although I have heard Nick Politis say that he'd want Jake Friend there forever I think he's one of those he's in the inner inner sanctum of the of the mob Mm. essentially uh, who could do no wrong there's three or four players in there um, I don't think that they the, the club wants to move him on. I think a lot of these voices are probably coming from the outside. Uh, as a diehard Roosters fan, Xander, would you like to see Jake Friend moved on at any point? I know you're a fan of Verrills. No, I, I think I think you want him. I mean, as Verrills develops, he's not he's not the full you know um, uh, product just yet. Um, so I think you want uh, you want Friend around for a few more years. And I don't think his injuries have been that bad. I've, you've seen mm. I've seen. Plenty of players come back from work. Worse, we sort of mentioned uh, Anthony Minocello with his back problems, which are much, much more career limiting. And he yeah. came back and had, you know, still a back injury. I mean, how career. important is your back, though? Really? <laughs> well, they also don't seem like systemic injuries in terms no. of stuff that's going to recur or caused by an underlying problem. It yeah. just seems like shit happens. Yeah, like, like Foran's hamstrings, yeah, for example, exactly. yeah. or, to- or Tommy's hamstrings. Yeah, yeah. which we hope's not a theme going mm. forward, particularly as a Blues fan. I, I, I'm more just hoping Tommy is more like a young Tedesco. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. He just needed to kind of grow into his body. as well. (laughs) How good was he? Um, Now, we did put this out to Twitter. Should Jake Friend retire at the end of the 2020 season? 82.5%. You know, it's so close. (laughs) 81.1% said, yes, he should retire. At 30? Yeah, I know. Incredible, right? It's just because he's had one injury interrupted year. Can I just put this out there? I also think a part of this, and I don't know if it's my paranoid tricolour conspiratorial view here, but uh, because obviously we have been the yardstick, is that people just want to see a great player move on? Do you reckon it's just wanting to see the Roosters weakened by having Jake Friend moved out? Maybe this is where it's coming from we a little bit too. Played a grand total of two hours last year. And <laughs> they still won the premiership. <laughs> but, so. but what a couple of hours they were. <laughs> I mean, in the end, a bunch of teams have had chances to go back to back, Manly included, in the last you know, 10, 15 years. And... It, it just didn't happen. The Roosters are simply the team that made it happen. It's not mm. like you were super dominant all year, no. but they've shown that they're the real deal by being able to do it. If they can do it without Jake Friend, which they've done, mm. 
you know, wait, wait and see how they go next year, but I don't think they should move him on. Well, Verrill's definitely has a big future, so I'd hope it would be one of those situations a bit like Cronk working with the halves, yeah. you know, this kind of moving on to the next generation. I mean, he's only 29 years old. He's definitely got another three-year contract in him, I think. Could you imagine Verrill's at the Sharks, the amount of hype he'd be getting right now? I know. <laughs> it's so true, isn't they, it? They'd all be dead set, lose, dropping their load over him every time he touched the ball. <laughs> like they d- did over Jaden Braley briefly, yeah. and now they're all, oh, he's gone. Yeah, he sucks. He's terrible. Get rid of him. <laughs> and and uh, there's also the other Braley, which is a v- he's got a really different body type to yeah, Jaden. He's the better one. He's the better one, yeah. Um, I, I don't want to drift onto your club too much, but um, <laughs> I, I will. I will anyway. No, I was very impressed with Manly this year. Oh, I thought you were about to say I was a Sharks fan. I was no, no, no. I was going to move on to Manly. Um, he could. I mean, could you see yourself maybe snaffling a player like a friend or a Verils if this if the opportunity came a, a available? Would Manly be in the hunt? I, I would like to hope so, given the situation with Finu, and I don't yeah. think he's going to be back. Honestly. Mm. Um, we should be looking to sign someone. I'm personally of the opinion that if we don't sign anyone, Cade Custer's the guy to be um, hooker for us. But Is that just based on his name? He's got the fucking coolest name. It, it sounds like a, a, a weird Custer. superhero. It, it is a cool name. Sounds like but a confederate general, doesn't it? <laughs> it that, that's more based on the fact that he's a really he's a good defender. He tackles yeah. hard. He runs hard. And he's got a good short kicking game and a good pass. So yeah. it sounds like a hooker to me. Yeah, you're right. And he's a, he's a solid unit, isn't he? Yeah. For, for someone who's just coming into and, NRL. And he's pro- kind of shaped similarly to Finu. He's probably a little taller than the average hooker yeah. and strong. So he'll play a similar game so he wouldn't have to change our style around mm. too much. So, Well, I certainly hope he stays. And, and for what it's worth, I think a lot of this talk about him being injury prone is a bit bullshit. Um, when you compare him to other players that we've already mentioned, like Foran, for example, um, who I actually... I like as a player, but clearly his body is letting him down. He's sort of made of a collection of glue and tissue paper or something that, at the moment. Yeah, that injury in the, uh, the that New Zealand test was just bizarre. Like, it looked like nothing happened at all. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. fell over. Foreign yeah. is impressive as a player, less impressive as a parent. Or less impressive as a, as a card player, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, allegedly, mate. <laughs> allegedly. Um, look, you can almost even make a comparison within our own team. You, you could almost argue Luke Keary is more injury-prone yeah. than Jake Friend, right? Because he's had... Outside of the head knocks, um, he's also had a number of injuries to, you know, um, ankles. And he's not the biggest bloke on the field, is no, he? No, he's like tiny it, it's, and he's it's tough. It's incredible that he's able to play, you know, the way he does, like the, the, the lack of fear he shows when he runs at the line, given that he looks like he weighs 45 kilos. Not you know? dissimilar to Kieran Foran in terms mm. of that. Aspect. Mind you, even, even, even Kieran Foran, he really put his body on the line, but he's, he, wasn't, he wasn't tiny, right? Like he's still a, still a strong bloke. Yeah. Yeah, definitely different frames but there. But he, he was a—he was a—you know—I I always think about him like being uh, coming through the New Zealand system, playing in probably South Auckland with basically just wall-to-wall islanders. He would have had to have been tough as nails to, to <laughs> yeah. make it through that system. You have to grow up fast there. Yeah. I think. To be fair, he actually lived in Asquith for oh, did he? most of his life. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, isn't he? His dad's now the CEO of Air New Zealand, isn't he? Oh, he is too, isn't he? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he comes from a, a fairly yeah. he does. He well comes from a well-heeled family, but I always figured that you know the, the rugby league you know system over there is basically just it's all Polynesians, right? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He probably just wasn't good enough to be a rugby player. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in yeah, that environment, too small or whatever. You know, he came comes from the North Shore, rich parents, Kiwi. You figure he probably wanted to be a rugby player, but for whatever mm. reason couldn't mm. cut it. Yeah. And a very good kick, and he's very good with a checkbook, apparently. You can whip that out in, in record speed. <laughs> uh, do you think there's a bit of a perception issue here with Jake Friend as well? Because why do people think he's old? Because to me, 
He doesn't look old. He's been around quite a while. He, he, he has been That's around for a while. Yeah. It just feels yeah. like he's been around yeah. forever, right? When I actually it's like went, Sonny Bill Williams, you know, he was because he was like playing top level NRL at seventeen. Mm. You know, by the time he, you know, was like in his late twenties, people thought he'd been around. For, <laughs> Did forever. Jake Friend start young? Because it just feels like he's been around yeah. quite a while. I think he did. Oh, yeah, I think he started with a blaze of controversy, but I think he debuted at eighteen. Mm. So he was was he your hooker then in the twenty thirteen grand final? Yes. Because I've, of course, never watched that game again. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, that was the one good game that Mitchell Pierce played. I remember it well. So um, was he there? Was he a cooker in 2010? Uh, I believe he was. Wow. Yeah, I think he was. In yeah. I watched, I, think, I watched that grand final. So the there lead you go. Up to it. Yeah, that'll be about the start of yeah. when yeah, so he was. So he's been there the whole decade. Yeah. It yeah. does feel like he's been around a while. Yeah. He's a bit of an institution. So people have got a wrong, uh, a sort of poor perception of how old he is. Maybe that's his problem. Is there a way he can put out some positive PR and start acting like a younger person? Well, all he has to do is get a face mask of uh, Matt Moylan and then he'll be eternally young. That's right. Matt Moylan, the baby faced, uh, well, they, I used to be the baby faced assassin. Now he's just the baby face fuckwit because he can't play footy anymore poor bastard um but you know at one point he was good so that could be it maybe just do a lot more oil of uline ads um try <laughs> reverse the aging process the seven signs of aging apparently it's the 80s because there's still oil of <laughs> can i just say this for the record cosmetics not not my area uh, just reached for a reference and you're right i had That's no idea what it was <laughs> oh, with that beautiful skin yeah i know I'm, I'm shocked myself uh, maybe he just needs to start communicating with the public uh, through younger forums like um, TikTok. Yeah. Yes, well, that's too old now, mate. Oh, no, no, that's so 2017. Maybe that, in every interview he should just start saying things like bay and lit. Mm. Now, I know what lit means, but what the fuck's the other one? <laughs> bay, I don't... I, I found Short out for baby. Yeah. No, no. Oh, no? Incorrect. It's an... an, an, an Fuck, I got no idea. That that thing. <laughs> if, if anyone knows at home, write into PO Box five or four. <laughs> More after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the voluntary tackle. Well, it's December, so naturally we're talking about state of origin because uh, we're sort of on the eve of the eve of the eve of talking about origin too early, aren't we? So <laughs> I feel like this is going to go really well. And of course, so the NRL in their wisdom have uh, announced uh, train-on squads for both of the states. Well, each state have, have announced them. Um, so we thought we might have a little bit of a chat about all the people who will probably never play state of origin because uh, a lot of them have been named. In fact, uh, Brad Fittler has announced a mammoth squad of 64 men. So essentially everyone with an Australian driver's licence has been selected <laughs> for New South Wales. 64. 64 Jesus people. Christ. I mean, it's, it's five short of being a nice number. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right, mate. It's 64 too many? Well, I'm unsure why they kept the squad so small, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what number would you have liked they, to have They were seen? looking for a college football team. Like, what, do they have a squad of 75 in, in, <laughs> in, right. in college football in the States? My theory is if you really want someone like Latrell Mitchell to perform his best in the squad, you just need to let him know that there's a Blake Ashford breathing down his neck ready to take the spot. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the, the strategy, though, right? Is, is they're going to have, like, special teams and, like, kickoff reception teams and all kinds of stuff. You That'd know? be amazing, wouldn't it? So you go, um, Clint Gutherson, like, you're on yeah. water. I'd say he, you, <laughs> if, you, if you put some air quotes, Gutherson could be on the special team. <laughs> very, very true. I, I used to like you, Gutho at one point. players could fit on the special team. Sure. <laughs> now, look, guys, we're going to start with Queensland. Um, now, Holmes has obviously been added to the squad after, I don't know if you remember, he tried to pretend to be an NFL Speaking player. Of American football, yeah. Exactly right, um, which is an obvious choice. But they've also named uh, a few other new faces. Uh, Parramatta hooker Reed Mahoney. 
the Raiders' big tough forward, Corey Horsburgh. Am I getting that name right? I hope I am. And Sharks winger, Ronaldo Mulatalo. Uh, Murray, is there anything that Queensland can do? These, these are three new faces. Probably not going to be enough. Kevin Walters, his job's probably on the line here. Well, I think if you get someone like, what's his name, the coach whisperer, <laughs> if he wants to just improve his resume, he could just sign back on with Queensland Maybe do a sniping course, take out at Teddy and Tommy <laughs> and a few others. Course. And he could then be able to put his, you know, a tick to his resume. I love it. So become overtly militaristic Why and not? just start taking people out literally. It does seem like a Queensland thing. They do love their guns there. They do indeed. And they do just shoot people like cattle regularly on a day-to-day basis. Uh, well, that could be one. I like that. And Charlie Stubbs, we should probably talk about him, the coach whisperer, because obviously he was very successful up until 2019 because he predicted and a whitewash in uh, uh, 2016 <laughs> and 2013. And I, I believe he was unlucky in his early childhood as well, <laughs> uh, from what I understand. He had a tough life. Um, so is it possible to come back and be the coach whisperer after you've failed is my point. So in 2020, if he were to stay on with Kevin Walters and say, look, I know, we'll forget about last year, but now I really mean it. I mean, it doesn't hold true anymore, does well, it? His tactics are, are, are things like, you know, oh, we're not going to call them the Blues because that has um, psychological weight. We're just going to refer to them as New South Wales. He did this with Michael Checker and the All Blacks. They, he had Checker believing this crap and he was calling them New Zealand at all the press conferences to the point where it became a joke for the New Zealand press and they tried to trick him into saying All Blacks. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they just went and got their asses kicked. So those sorts of things, you know, I hope they keep using them. Yeah. <laughs> it, only thing it seemed to do was a sort of apply pressure to themselves. I yeah. thought, because they had to think about media conferences in a different way like mm. it was a game of taboo or yeah. something like and they thinking, couldn't say a certain word yeah, thinking's not really the forte of Queenslanders in general <laughs> no you're right rugby league players it's just been angry and frothing at the mouth I just love the idea though that after winning like uh, 10 out of 11 series the mm. word blues was apparently psychologically <laughs> so damaging <laughs> to them that they wanted to avoid saying it that's how much they wanted it mate that's how much <laughs> they fucking love origin so they definitely talk. We think this is too early to talk about Origin. Definitely north of yeah. the border. They've been talking about this ever since Game Three concluded. So we're not on our own now. The people missing from the usual squad uh, for Queensland include Will Chambers, who's moved across to Japanese rugby, and Matt Gillette, who I think broke his neck several times <laughs> and decided it's not worth the risk anymore. Um, they're not. I mean, that's kind of big game experience. I guess they're going to be missing. They've got a sort of a, an infusion of young guys. For me, they're right for the picking for a for three in a row. Am I right there? I think a big question mark for Queensland is going to be Val Holmes. Yep. And where they play him. Because mm. if they want to have Val and Ponga at the same time, mm. Val shows any early season form, I think him his peak fullbacking was better than Ponga's peak fullbacking yeah. so far. Yeah. So you'd want to have him in there. But what's your best squad? So I... Personally, I'm of the opinion that the best squad, if Val gets his form back, would be Ponga at 14. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so right. knock him out of the, of the run-on. I, I, I do think so because... It, Just have him as a utility. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Val's good on the wing. He has yeah. been very good for Queensland. But if his best position is fullback, you should yeah. pick your best players. And someone like Felt is actually a genuinely good winger. Why yeah. has yeah. Felt never got a look in? Does anyone know why that is? He's, has he even been added to this squad? I know we do zero research, but I don't remember seeing his name. Uh, we'll check that later. But uh, <laughs> I mean, he's, um, he's probably slept with the wrong coach's daughter or something. Like okay. that. Maybe he doesn't know the Queensland song. I don't know. 
Yeah, what is that song again? Um, Hail Hitler. I forget the rest. <laughs> I assume it's just the I Australian just... national anthem and maybe he refused to sing. No, no. <laughs> maybe it, that's you it. Know, you know, the funny thing about the Queensland anthem is that it, it um, because they dominated that Kangaroos squad so much for so long, apparently they bung it, uh, banged that out after the 2013 yes. World Cup win pissed off all the Blues players because they sung that in the Kangaroos jersey and wow. it was just the Queensland players singing it as they were winning. Well, that's and a cunt act, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> just and it was led by all. Cam Smith. So if there's any, any other... Like, if we needed any more reasons to hate Cam Smith... Yeah, that's right. And I, I don't think we do need any more, do we, Mario? I need no more reasons. <laughs> Look, I, I know we've discussed this once before on the podcast, but I think for the benefit of a rehash here, uh, can you very quickly tell us uh, the kernel of why you don't like Cameron Smith? There's too many reasons. If you had to put one above the others. It's his grubby on-field stuff, which Queenslanders love overlooking and apologising for or simply just saying it doesn't exist. Mm. And you try. of course, it's hard to get a still of someone chicken-winging someone, but you try and show them a photo and they say, <laughs> show the oh, gif. Is, is that all you've got? Just You've only got a couple of things. Oh, I'm sure every player's done that. No, fuck off. There's so many examples <laughs> of when he's done stuff clearly intentionally and yeah. everything there's an excuse for. He's just one of these smarmy pricks mm. that would have been... You know, team captain in school, even though he wasn't the biggest guy, but he probably paid the biggest guy to look after him. Mm. So he could go around being a Josh Reynolds and just being an absolute dick face to people. But because he's a Queenslander, he gets away with it. So but, I don't but, like... But, 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 wait, wait, wait. But, what do you really think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, I was going to say, I don't like him either, but I've, I've never seen it, heard it put so articulately. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. I've, yeah. Almost like you've thought about this before, Mario, <laughs> I get the feeling. What was his excuse, by the way, when he was basically wing-nutting that guy this year with the ears? Did... I think his oh, excuse yeah. was I was Rubbish trying to pull his collar over his head yeah. or something. I mean, it's an odd way to pull a collar yeah, over, isn't it? That's a dick move, though. Yeah. 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 And that's on the lower end of his offences, yeah, I was really, grabbing him by the collar. Like, you, jerseys don't have collars anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why he went for the ears, mate, to and, be fair. And I know if I'm grabbing a collar, I definitely twist a few times as well. That's just the end of <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I adjust my collar as if I was trying to perforate some eardrums. I mean, that's just a regular thing that people do. Um, now, uh, the other little question I have for this is, and I'm happy that they're there, but why the hell have Dylan Napa and Jared Wallace still maintained their position in this squad? For me, their, their form's dropped off the face of the earth. I feel like Napa was pretty good at the end of the year for, Cam- for yeah. Canterbury. Canterbury actually the last finished... couple of weeks, maybe. Well, don't the you? last six weeks, really. Like they, yeah, didn't they win six, seven in a row? Yeah, they won six of eight, I think it was. Yeah, we're going to talk about them, actually, later yeah. in, the, in the potty, the dogs. So, so you think that he, that's enough to, for him to deserve... I mean, he's, he's let them. He's, he's let down that Maroons. That's true. He's let down that Maroons jersey a few times, though, for me. If they can keep picking Nate Miles as long as they did, then Dylan yeah. Napper deserves another ten years. <laughs> to be fair, he had a huge head and it had a great advantage in the scrum. He could just punch his way through he a took wall. A, of he took a punch well as well. <laughs> he certainly did. Changed the changed the rules for the worse. Actually, is, is Darius Boyd in the? <laughs> 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 wish. Um, now, if if for example that Queensland were going to go on to lose in 2020, do we think Kevin Walters' time is done? Yeah, that he, he wouldn't last another yep. series loss, I don't think. I'm hopeful that they win game one so that he can get signed for another three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they have a thumping win in the first game and they blow their load and pay out, out, out money. <laughs> is that how they celebrate still? That's, that's <laughs> the Queensland way. Oh, yeah. I tell you, and the Queensland, song. the Queensland song at the same time. That's the crescendo at the end. Yeah, they... they, they they do that, then they prepare a few votes for Pauline Hanson for the next election and <laughs> move on. Um, I don't know why I want to mention the word Bukaki, but I'm not going to do it this time. Um, now, we're <laughs> going to move... last episode. If we, exactly. <laughs> Kevin Walters, 
if he ends up getting the boots, who's the obvious candidate to replace him? Is there a chance that, for example, uh, Mal Meninga gets wheeled back into the throne? I know Wayne Bennett wants the role. Are these the kind of candidates that Queensland I might put in? I kind of assume Wayne Bennett will yeah. retire there. Yeah, right. You just move in there and fuck off Clubland. Mm. Yeah, that could be a that could be a thing. I mean, he definitely wants it. Part of me would like to see uh, Wayne come back and coach a really shit Queensland team against an ascendant <laughs> blue side, just so we can smash the myth of you know of Wayne Bennett. Uh, just tarnish his legacy well, in the game. Look, yeah, Wayne Bennett and and uh, Mel Meninga actually either one of them would, would work. Yes, yeah, so like Mel Meninga probably more so. Yeah, I'd prefer yeah. Mel actually yeah. for that scenario. Yeah, because uh, Mel Meninga is actually not a good coach, yeah. whereas Wayne Bennett actually he is. Uh, a good surely coach. his efforts for the Australian team have started to prove that he's not a good coach. You'd hope mm. so, but well, Chris he doesn't Anderson seem was to be to coach the Australian side <laughs> back yeah, in the day. Yeah. So. And then mind you, you can say the same about Wayne Bennett with his efforts for England. Yeah, yeah. Is he even is he even really trying there? I get the feeling he's just like oh. I need to keep a profile in the international game because I want to coach Australia or... Or he's a double agent and he's yeah, exactly. make them bad. Like I, I've been Actually, a, that makes a lot more sense. Jackson Hastings? I, I, <laughs> I mean, I've, come on. I've been man on the record. Steel, Jackson Hastings. <laughs> man <of> steel. <laughs> Fucking hell. I've been on the record as not being a big fan of the Poms in general, but I felt embarrassed for them mm. with, with the coaching decisions of Wayne Bennett in that series recently. It was just... Fucking nuts. I'm a fan of the Techno Viking, but starting him at wing was an interesting yeah, decision. What the fuck <laughs> were they thinking? <laughs> and Tim Glasby at fullback? What the fuck was that about? <laughs> uh, no, he's been prone to make some very bizarre positional decisions. And um, I look, the other candidate that might come to mind, because I know he doesn't want to be at the Cowboys, Paul Green. Is he a chance of potentially. Well, he wouldn't take I think he's a well. Yeah, he's not an awful coach, right? You well, know. it hasn't been good the last couple of years. No, but I mean, maybe the Queensland thing might suit him more. I don't know. Allegedly, yeah. personnel issues though up at North Queensland, and if you're going to have personnel issues at Clubland, yeah, most of what in, uh, State of Origin coaching is apparently about from man what management. we are told is man yeah. management. Yeah. Mm, that's very true, and he's apparently four or five of the guys fucking hate him. In fact, Ethan Lowe, did you guys keep up with that story? So. When he got moved on from the Cowboys, I don't think Lowe was very happy about it, went to South and <laughs> basically he was leaking stories to the media about all the issues that were happening behind closed doors at really? the Cowboys. And uh, all they were willing to say is, we, we think it's a disgruntled player who's gone to Sydney. And they're like, <laughs> there's only one of them. <laughs> I always thought that was a strange one. Ethan Lowe was always too good to be in reserve grade and yet that's where they kept putting him at I know. Queensland. So. They're failing and yet putting him in reserve grade. So There had to be. Um, I think maybe the crux of where at first mm. the rot started might have been with Ethan Lowe. On the topic of Mal, of, uh, not Mal, of Wanye Bennett, if he, I'm Wanye. wondering if he were to take Latrell Mitchell and start him at fullback and it was a massive failure, could you then see him perhaps you know tweeting about windmills because he'd be just going full Trump at that point. <laughs> I, I, you know, there's every there's every chance that that might happen. I would uh, love to. I'd like to see if he he sort of cop to a mistake like Nathan Brown style with Kalen Ponga where he put him at 5'8", you know, like putting Luttrell at fullback and it just, as you say, crashing and burning. Mm. I mean, would, like, because Nathan Brown basically just went, yeah, it was a bad idea, you know, <laughs> with <laughs> Kalen Ponga and he just like thought it might work, didn't. <laughs> well, I think that's where he wanted to play, right? I, th I think Ponga sees himself yeah, as a six. he sees himself as a six and, it, and, he, and he was terrible. I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Ponga is... A wanker? <laughs> that and, and, yeah, I think he's he's got a... <laughs> He's he's got a lot less promise in him than people think. He's got a step. Yeah. He's 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 got he's got a I mean he's got the Chuavasa Shek step and he's got a better passing game yeah. than RTS does, but I actually don't think he reads the play of the game 
the way someone like RTS does. So I don't think he's as good a player despite having perhaps more to his game with the nice cutout passes. I still think he's got more... More, he's got a bit more laziness to him as well. I don't think he he's hits the right positions. It doesn't mean he can't be a great player. Ponga could well be the greatest fullback to ever play the game, but at the moment, I don't think the evidence is there to he, back he that up. Seems like a player that doesn't have the work ethic, right? Like mm. it could be an attitude yeah. thing, yeah. But it might come along with but youth yeah. and being told so young that you're the best. Yeah. That can be a little bit um, corrosive as well. And we should remember he is, he is young, so he's still developing the finer points to his game. But we know he has the natural talent. But as you said, staying engaged for 80 minutes, that typically is something that comes with time. Well, could you imagine Kalen Ponga being like the Travojevic brothers and, you know, spending his off time coaching the local kids? Team? Yeah. You yeah, can't imagine no way. that. And yeah. not every player needs to be that type of person who does that. But that is obviously why everyone loves the Turbo brothers. But it just says that they love the sport and mm. they love playing and they're going to appreciate every opportunity they get. 100%. And they're dedicated what, to an art, effectively, right? Yeah, like, but that's yeah. what fans yeah. want. I know we, we all have this myth of loyalty that to a large degree doesn't exist in modern sport because of the money involved and that's understandable when you really think about it. Mm. But you still want... I, I don't care if a, a player isn't loyal to my club forever, but... You want I them would, to be committed while they're there. Exactly. Yeah. Someone like... The reason Manly fans hate... Anthony Watmo is because he immediately started rubbishing the club yeah, the moment he yeah. left. Whereas we've never had an issue with Clint Gutherson because he didn't want to leave. He mm. just he was told you can't stay, and mm. then he's just been a he's been a gentleman the rest of his career so far. And, and one thing probably should be pointed out is what a rare commodity those Trebojevic brothers are. Oh, for sure. Um, like you're right. I mean, you're 100 percent on point there. But they, in terms of setting that standard, um, I can see that name dominating the sport for the next 10 years and mm. to have them all at one club um, it could be very special I have to say but yeah that would be the, the I guess the way to lead well, a young to, career to forward me, any, if any listeners of the show um, have kids then they probably watch Bluey and Bluey <laughs> is a show where parents get parent envy of the dad called Bandit because he is the perfect dad and I kind of feel like we don't have to be like Bandit. We just have to see what he does and aspire to that that <laughs> standard. And that's what the Travojevic brothers are. They're basically, you know, Bandit from Bluey. I love it. I've never thought that metaphor was coming our way. <laughs> and I'm a richer man for it, that's for sure. Um, can we tee up some Bluey over this side <laughs> after the show? Thank you very much. I'll get it, I'll get it on my phone. <laughs> if you don't mind. Uh, look, we should probably move to the south of the border as well when we're talking about origin squads. Now, we alluded earlier that Brad Fittler had named 64 people, um, several members of his own family, which Maybe is a bit weird. Maybe he's just a fan of that song. You know, will you still love me when I'm 64? Well, there's every... I mean, I wouldn't put that past Freddie mm. uh, to actually base his selections on an old classic tune. Why not? Um, so, you know, next he can just say he'll only select people who are Beatles fans or something like that. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so we've got the, the... He's actually split this into three tiers, which I don't know if this is something that's been... Uh, he's done before, uh, because, again, we do very little research here. But he's got a, a normal I don't think Freddie does much research either somehow. It's hard <laughs> to say with him, isn't it? It's, it's really like, hard. He either does none or he does too much. Yeah. It's one of those. <laughs> Um, so he's got an emerging blues tier and he's also got a future blues, and which I'm going to throw to you in a sec, Murray, about that because contained in that is Ben Travojevic. And I know you know have a little bit more background on him than us. Um, but in the emerging squad, uh, we've got the likes of Curtis Scott, Bronson Terry, uh, Ruben Garrick, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, who yeah. I didn't actually realise I should have known this. I, I just assumed he was a Queenslander. I, I figured he, Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Bell Manger. Yeah, yeah I, had to, I had to look that up. I went, that's fucking amazing. I was, I was, I'm so happy about that. No, I, I sussed that out immediately when, when I saw him 
tearing it up for the storm, like, oh, please don't be a Queenslander. <laughs> <laughs> so surely, I mean, there's a few names I've already mentioned there. Uh, well, there's also Sam Verrills. There's Campbell Graham. I mean, there's, there's, these are... This is a fantastic future mm. that you're painting there. Pappenhausen, I mean, to me, that's a very exciting prospect. He has to be a chance of potentially busting in mm. this year, doesn't he? I know he's a early cu- in his career. A couple of injuries, I'd want him on the wing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's a gun. But in that future Blues squad, Mario, the much-hyped Ben Draboyevich, he did an interview during the week, which was quite um, quite a cute interview, actually. Though He was asked who was his favourite Draboyevich brother, and he was very quick to answer Tom. And when anyone asked why, he said, well, because Tom, Jake's just too intense. He's always on my case. He's saying, <laughs> don't eat that. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And he said, Tom's a lot more laid back. So he's an outside backup. He seems to be a lot more in the mould of a Tom. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So is he like a larger Tom Trebojevich? Is yeah, that the sense he, I'm getting? He kind of is. I, I think he's not quite as tall, but a little bit more solid for his age. Right. Like Tommy was a twig at that age. <laughs> yeah, I know. He really was a beanpole. Ben shows a lot of promise and he's been playing really well. He's had some injuries so you know with it's been him and um albert hopawati sort of as you know ready to dominate the manly outside backs and yep. they're the two obvious names that sort of you think manly when you think those surnames at the moment yeah so, yeah yeah with you the, could have conceivably yeah. just have a squad of hopawati's and trevojevic's and that's it i feel like there'd be a bit of a divide in the club there really. <laughs> It because could well be. There's certainly some dickheadedness in the Hopawati gene pool. <laughs> in that tribe. Strangely, though, like there's a real convergence even within the gene pool, right? Like, because there is, there's Will. guys like Will who, yeah. you know, mild mannered, yeah, mild mannered, yeah. like sweet as pie, and then obviously his dad who is not. Um, <laughs> not that we'll say anything <laughs> further on that. Oh no, let's do. Uh, <laughs> the guy's a psycho. Uh, Actually, I, have a, I have a funny story about uh, <laughs> about his dad. Oh please, uh, could you lay it on, lay it um, on us? Probably for, <laughs> not for this. You tease. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Um, everyone who's on Patreon will get that one. Sunny <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Bill Williams of now Toronto Wolfpack fame, uh, came out and had some rather scornful words for the Chinese government. He came out in support of the Uyghur Muslims uh, that have been entered into, uh, inverted commas, uh, re-education camps, I think they're called, over there. Um, Now, we're seeing a lot more of this, uh, sort of sports people getting involved politically and and having a go at China. Seems well-placed. But as an NRL podcast, I thought it was pertinent for us to decide who would win in a fight uh, between Sonny Bill Williams and the Chinese government. Now, I've actually gone to the trouble of putting this out to Twitter as well, so hold on to your so hats. It's a scientific <laughs> uh, poll that we've got. Ba- basically, this is an intellectual endeavour. Yes. Don't don't think of it as anything else. Um, That's now, what this podcast always is. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> mate. I've, I've sticked to that vehemently, even when inevitably it Double degenerates into, into some kind of criminal courtroom somewhere. <laughs> I know it will eventually. Um, now... Is there any chance that uh, Sonny Bill Williams can take on the Chinese government? Could he lobby them to be a little bit more liberal than they are now? I mean, the man is very successful. Code hopper, played a million sports, been successful in all of them. Or is this question so ridiculous you'd rather pass? Well, I would just wonder, is it simply that he saw what happened with when LeBron James came out sort of defending China? Did he just think, well, that didn't go well for LeBron, so I'm going to be really awesome and just take the opposite approach. But I'm not. I just think Sonny Bill's a bit of a mental midget, and I'm not sure it's. Really, <laughs> and I think politics. What do you really think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, politics aren't for him. Yeah. Well, that's actually. I guess it does feed into the broader question here: is should players be coming embroiled 
in political discussions, uh, or should they stick to how, their? How sports? deep are we going here? Yeah. Oh, mate, we can go. As, we can deep dive it, it as long as we don't talk about John Hopewadi. Obviously, I mean, it's a it's a good cause. I, I wish you know people in the general world had given a shit about these um, Muslims a while ago because yep. they've been uh, they've been prisoners there and you know forced into effective slavery mm. for a while now. Yep, and it has been known, but I guess not widely publicised. So. In his defence, he may have genuinely not known. He probably does exist in some sort of a bubble mm. in his situation. He's too busy winning it, trophies. It, it's, it stemmed from that uh, soccer player in the Premier League, Ozil, who was a Turkish bloke, Ozil Murhat or something. I can't, I can't remember. He got into a he whole lot of... He has a surname? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Me- Mesut Ozil. Mesut Ozil? Ozil's his surname. Uh, uh, Mesut Ozil, yeah. yeah. So he got into a lot of shit um, for uh, criticising them. Um, because uh, obviously the Premier League's biggest TV market is China. Mm. The kicker, of course, with that case was that that bloke um, used to take selfies with um, Erdogan and, you know... (laughs) Another man of great moral repute. If you're going to cosy up to dictators who imprison journalists and and your opposition political uh, opponents, then, you know, maybe you're not really... Well placed to make those comments. Be consistent. But but uh, with Sonny Bill Williams, uh, it's 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 a pretty different one. Well, he's first of all he hasn't cozied up to any other dictator, so he's got some some cred on that front at least um, <laughs> that we but, know about. But you know, similarly, um, the Super League isn't really a big uh, you know pull TV wise in in China. So <laughs> there's not really any pressure the Chinese can bear back on Sonny Bill Williams. He's not going to yeah. have much success. So it's really just going to be. His, he's got a free shot. I, I feel like they're not going to give a shit. Um, no. So he's he's free to do it. I mean, certain cer- a certain side of politics might suggest then that he was just virtue signalling because his opinion has no weight of any sort there. I am not saying that. <laughs> I, I'm, I think good on him for having that opinion and for going out there and saying it. There's not really any, as you say, there's not yeah. any blowback on him for doing it, but I don't see why that matters. He's, he still has an audience among Western society that will pay attention to his words and if what he says helps bring attention to a a good cause which is you know getting rid of slavery Mm. then good on him i like the fact that you had to distance yourself from your own words there i really did enjoy (laughs) that Um, but let's take an example say dally jerry evans would you like to see him take a more active role in liberalizing uzbekistan for example (laughs) or would you prefer he focus on his last tackle options that's what i really want to know the problem with dally cherry evans is he's so widely hated by everyone who's not a manly fan that him (laughs) Him offering his opinions on Chinese dictatorships are probably just going to make most rugby league fans become in favour of China. Yeah, the, <laughs> that's you would, very you would, true. You would get you would get the weirdest uh, people who follow the NRL suddenly supporting internment camps in China, which actually be really interesting as a social experiment. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the, the Daily Cherry Evans supports is against the Uyghur internments. Well, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Cherry. The Uyghurs deserve it. <laughs> now, um, weirdly, we did put this out to Twitter, so I will give the results. <laughs> we Put everything out there, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win in a fight between Sonny Bill Williams and the Chinese government? That makes sense as a question. Did you tag um, the Chinese government in uh, this post? I was CCP. I, <laughs> I did, and I've just noticed I have some pretty suspicious malware popping up on the screen. <laughs> I'm sure it's not a problem. Uh, we said uh, 57.5% said China would win. Um, 30% said Sonny Bill Williams, and 12.5% thought it might be a draw. I'm not sure what a draw would look like in that context. I don't know what context. that says about our, our, our <laughs> listenership, that 57% is the only... Yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it, they've got the weight of resources behind them, haven't yeah. they? I mean, as good as Sunny Bill is, 
I'm just disappointed that you didn't that you've missed the opportunity here to get some real numbers on this poll. All you have to do is hashtag Sun Yang in the tweets, <laughs> and you can guarantee that about fifty thousand Chinese people with zero followers each would have. Mate, you, you would have. I'm, you would have, I'm, you I'm, you I'm not here to shamelessly act. leverage anything for the show. I mean, this, I mean the, integrity is at the very center of we, what we do here. We you try? are a Roosters fan, after all. <laughs> exactly. I want to try that. Actually, take up Mario's suggestion and just just at Sun Yang in there, and maybe a couple of other famous Chinese athletes. And just see how many hours it takes until uh, your Twitter account is posting Chinese propaganda in Chinese. <laughs> By the end of the show, we'll all be towing the military line in China. Um, now, look, we'll be in an internment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no re-education, mate. Let's let's get the uh, propaganda right. Um, look, I, I didn't think there was going to be a lot of steam in that, but I enjoyed that as a bit of a sideshow <laughs> to Eamon's thought bubble. Now, uh, I don't know if anyone's had a chance to read my brief, because it was pretty ridiculous. It might seem ostensibly ridiculous, by the way. Not that I think it is. Golden headgear? It's called the golden headgear. Uh, Listeners, sit down, maybe take a few puffs of a cigar, have a brandy, uh, and just really absorb this, because it's a cracker of an idea. Um, I would like to see every game have at least one golden headgear. Actually, it would be one per team. Making this up on the fly. Um, Where, essentially, the person wearing the golden headgear... Everything he does, whether it is a try or he kicks a goal or a field goal, is worth double points. I just think it might actually mix up the strategies a little bit. So, for example, and it's drawn out randomly, by the way. So before the game's played, an independent person draws out, say it's um, if for your team, it might be Fanua Blake, right? Suddenly, his tries are worth double. So now everyone's trying to get him to score. Does he, he doesn't cross the stripe as often as the outside backs, obviously. So the whole game would change. Could you imagine they go, wow, we were ahead by eight points. Every time Fanil Blake got the ball, though, it would be panic stations because he could potentially steal back the lead. I think it's genius, but I'm willing to throw it out to the floor. Look, I, I think if you're going to do this, we've got to do it properly. Okay. So... I'm not a fan of that, but go on. <laughs> if we're rewarding, we can't just reward field goals and tries because then it's just luck of the draw of whoever gets field goals. They'll just start, ta- start taking them from everywhere. Okay. So we need to also be rewarding other little things in the game. Say you kick a 40-20. Yep. To, to do an extra reward for that, perhaps the winger who failed to stop the ball going out you know, has to have his leg in a bear trap for the next six tackles. Oh, well, this is good. I mean, I always love it when it goes in the sort of realms of corporal punishment, mm. uh, when people get physically... I kind um, of feel like we're, we're turning it into like, you know, Mario Rugby or something. <laughs> well, that's point. why yeah. I'm here. Like, <laughs> Super Mario Rugby. Um, and, and instead of all the annoying pop songs in between, you hear... That's right. You know, there is actually like a... a I think it's a Wii Nintendo, like a, a, a Olympics game out for the Tokyo Olympics next year and they've got rugby sevens in it it has all of these crazy things where you get like power ups and players can burst fucking love it I, I, I swear to god I didn't shamelessly steal it from that concept yeah. <laughs> I will go and investigate out of interest are the Russians banned from that game too they don't. They don't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good but to hear. I'm, I want to know then if yeah. if Cam Smith were playing with power ups, you know, would, would <laughs> he's he already be, playing with power ups? Would he be throwing around red turtle shells at the other players? <laughs> and would like... someone be required to eat magic mushrooms? These are the kind of questions we need to ask. <laughs> well, I mean, most Titans players wouldn't mind that. I'd say they're allegedly. doing it already. Allegedly, exactly. Xander, this is over yeah. to you, mate. Oh, right. I want you to interrogate this idea with all the seriousness it deserves. I think. I think. Um, uh, the headgear makes it a little too explicit. I actually think you should make it the golden mouth guard. Okay. So you really have to look for it. It'll have players. It'll, it'll create misdirection in a way that the headgear, which is very visible, mm. you know, people will be looking for that little glint in the mouth guard to work out who they should be focusing their energy on. I see. So it should only be the person who has 
the golden gear. So it'd be more maybe surreptitious with you. So you yeah. wouldn't know who the, the bonus guy is. Yeah. Or maybe that, golden underpants. You have to dack him to know. What if golden you're in a scrum there, you know, swapping the mouth guard between people and so you don't know that that person's got the got it? <laughs> you now. could give your entire team, uh, you know, mono or something, but hey. <laughs> this, this went downhill fast more after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Voluntary Tackle. We are previewing another team for 2020, and this time it's the Canterbury Bulldogs. Now, I guess it had a pretty shocking start to 2019, it has to be said. They lost a lot of games by some big margins, but as the season progressed um, and Kieran Foran's legs slowly withered and died, um, they actually gained some momentum in the back end and won a few games in a row, uh, which a lot of people are saying is not a bad building block to potentially launch themselves into 2020. Uh, criticism, I guess, there being that you know it's easy to win, easier to win games in a row when the pressure valve is sort of being released and you're out of finals contention. Um, I guess we'll start the critique for 2020 here. What are their chances? Have they had any major recruitments that we should know about? Have they got a snowball chance in hell? No. <laughs> okay, you're very straight to the point there, Mario. And, and what are you attributing that to, mate? They're not going to win the wooden spoon. I think they are. They are now too good for that. They've got some youngish players who are improving, so I, I see that they could finish around where they finished, but which would be but with an improved overall year. As right. in, as you said, they had that run at the end, but I think from memory they did that in 2018 as well. They sort of finished pretty strong in the last half of the season, mm. but it was because they were crap and people weren't taking them seriously. <laughs> exactly. So there's I, always I th- that factor. I think they're better than they were, and I think there's, there's reason for Bulldogs fans to have hope because there's players that show potential. But I don't think there's a... There's the players that they've got, there's no one enough who's who's just that next level. You know, when when Dallin Wateni's Lesniak is your fullback and he's a good player and mm. he was quite good for them, but he's not he's so far below a Tommy or an RTS or a Teddy that I just feel that most of their players are just that step mm. down from mm. competition at other clubs and I don't think they have the best player in any position mm. or even the top three p- player in any position. You know, you've got your Lachlan yeah. Lewis's who he shows promise and he's an interesting player to watch, but he's just an average halfback. At the moment, at least, yeah. yeah. And he might be better one day, but at the moment. You're right. There's a lot of workman-like players in that team that when they yeah. click and they, they, they all play together, you know, like they did at the back end of the year, they can they can cause some upsets and they've mm. got plenty of heart, but it's... They do play a bit like council workers or something at times too. <laughs> sort of sit around. There's times where they just sit around and they go, we're on break. Well, it's hard to carry Josh Jackson and Aidan Tolman in the same club. Oh, they mate. Both... Josh, Josh had a good year, mate. You have to <laughs> he, admit. He did. I mean, they're both good players at what they do, but it's hard to have two forwards in your team when you when you need go forward, two forwards that don't offer go forward. Yeah, it they lack a bit of dynamism. The There's no yeah. doubt about that. Now, as a, a Manly fan, do you feel like your club has some blood on its hands here with <laughs> Des Hasler kind of leaving the Bulldogs in a bit of a state uh, and obviously doing very well with Manly this year? Salary cap dramas have inhibited their opportunity to kind of recruit and that kind of thing. Do you think that's a factor in why they're struggling at the moment? Lame. <laughs> it's a lame. That, was all, that was all Railing Castle's fault. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's just a lame excuse. Every club has the same position. And if, yeah. you're, if your salary cap's an issue, then just be more like the Roosters and do the bloody backroom deals properly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, nice retort. People want to abuse the Roosters for that, but yeah. the reality is I respect them. If, if you can actually have the NRL believing that you've only got, what was it, $18,000 or something stupid of TPAs well you know I've got a, I've got some used cars I'd like to sell the NRL I think I hit a nerve there Xander um. I'm not saying that to mock the roosters <laughs> no, I'm no, saying that they've, they're doing it right so, I mean it's it, 
if you want to, every club should be handing over brown paper bags to their players. Every single club. <laughs> Is that should. what you're advocating here on the show? I oh, did say it. Just, <laughs> just go all in. Clubs should be doing it properly. You know, Parramatta tried, but they're just so utterly incompetent as a concept. They screwed it up completely. They can't even do the Bar- paper Parramatta bag thing didn't right. even intend to do it, I don't think. They just couldn't keep their books. <laughs> like They just, they, they just, couldn't add up very well. They just didn't, didn't use Excel right. They forgot, to, <laughs> they, forgot, they forgot to add all the cells together in their sum well, field. The people of Parramatta were just too busy focusing on how they can get the no vote to succeed and they didn't focus on rugby league. <laughs> they needed it to happen. Um, now, I know we've talked about Kieran Foran a little bit earlier in the podcast, but for me last year when he was there for that very limited time... Mm. Yeah, the cracking final. It, it actually games, showed yeah. what the Bulldogs can be if they have a, a genuinely good half. And you mentioned before, you've got Marshall King and, and Lachlan Lewis, these type of guys that aren't bad. They're kind of promising type of players, but they're not, they're not the kind of players that can dominate right now. Mm. So I feel like with, with the Bulldogs, unless they have someone who can dominate in the halves, they're not going to be a threat anytime soon. And Foran's at least out for a third of the season, isn't he, with that injury? Yeah, so, well, almost, well, it was almost a full year, wasn't it? Because they had to do... Reconstructive yeah. surgery on their reconstructive surgery. Well, I know yeah. I notice he's flagged, and I don't know if he's going to be right or not. But he thinks he can get back by um, April or so. Or something oh, really? Like that. I yeah. mean, I, that might not be the case. But even by then, the damage might well and truly be done for the dogs early in the season. They can't afford to have the same start as they had last year. It's just the issue is when for once DWZ came came on board, he was one of their obviously dominant players, and he was putting out the better numbers. In, but you'd look at their team, and on certain games. They might have got a few surprising wins, but uh, Corey Haruirunara, Will Hopawati, and Zelezniak, would, they just looked so much better mm. than most of the players in that team who just didn't look first-grade standard. Mm. They would just somehow cobble together a win. I don't think you can build an entire season around that play. Mm. Yeah. You've, you've got to be able to... You've got to some, sometimes be the front runner and be the be the team that other teams are worried. How do we beat them? Hmm. No one's thinking that that against the dogs. I agree with you. They're sort of like an incomplete puzzle, aren't they? They're a, a picnic missing a sandwich or a, a porno missing a German. It's just not the same thing as a normal NRL yeah. team. Um, Eighty minutes performance, Xander. You concerned about that? I th- you know what it kind of reminds me of. I mean, because this, this happened to them at the back end of uh, 2018 as well, right? Like they they had a good finish of the season. Everyone else thought they were going to do great, and it, and it's you can see sides with with sort of average looking squads occasionally come out of the blocks or, or finish a season well it's that that ability Big shout out to the dragons yeah. <laughs> i was going to say the titans <laughs> i was i was going to say the the tigers of 2018 right remember mm-hmm. they came out of the blocks and they won like i think their first five in a yep. row or something but they were playing every game like it was a semi final and you just knew that with the squad they had um, they just weren't going to be able to sustain it over the season and, and they, they just didn't. And yeah. they paid it out and they just couldn't keep it going. And I feel like the dogs are a bit in that camp where, where they finished the last couple of seasons well, but having the ability to get their entire squad up hmm. that often to, to play a, effectively above themselves that much, it, they, it just makes them a middle of the table side. Yeah, and as you said, lack of depth is yeah. an issue. Um, and we actually brought it up before. I don't know if I've still got the tab here. We talked about who the new recruits would be for the Bulldogs. And they've got three, so um, hang on to your hats. Um, it's Joe Stimson, Dean Britt, and Sione Katoa. Um, that's not really blowing my hair back as much as I thought it would. I mean, Katoa is probably... 
the only hooker in the comp that might be worse than Gantoa plays for the Bulldogs, and that's Leicher. <laughs> what, what a battle that will be to oh, see who wow. can not get the number nine. I mean, just send them both to shoot shield or something because they're, <laughs> they're garbage. Now, do you guys, even though they've obviously got their depth issues, are there players, and you've probably mentioned a couple already, Mario, but are there any players that you think will potentially have burst out years for them in, in 2020 that have, has been there already? I mean, for me, there's one guy that comes uh, comes to mind because I think he is a, a very talented guy, but he had a flat year last year um, and I think maybe on the back of an incident on Mad Monday. But I actually think Adam Elliott is a is a really good player who we haven't seen the best of there. He might be a kind of guy that could ignite something because, you know, sometimes they just lack an energy, yeah. that team. They, they look a bit, as you said, a bit too tradesmen, um, like they're going through the motions and we've been told this amount of hit-ups and kick here and then... But, you know, you need that kind of X factor. I think he brings an aggression when he's playing well, which he didn't really bring mm. last year. He could potentially swing things a little bit. Okay, you're going to hate my suggestion. All right. I think Dylan Napper will actually be okay. a lot better next year. I think now that the hype around him has sort of died down, expectations of being at the Roosters and actually being a Roosters quality player, mm. now he might actually think, I want to actually be what people thought I could be because he's surrounded by crap, it might free him up a little bit. <laughs> he's going to really be known as Big Puppy this time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Well, the player that I expected to have the breakout year was Reese Martin. And, you know, Dean Pay in his infinite wisdom decided that he wasn't a first-grade player. What's doing there, by the way? Do you know the backstory there? Because no, it feels like there ha- something. It has to be, right? Yeah. Because he's too good not he's, to he's be... He's got to be a prick. Yeah, or or Dean Pay, he's done something personal to Dean yeah. Pay. I, I never, I kept trying to ask around. I couldn't yeah. find out anything, even the slightest suggestion and as to why. Mario's quite good at uh, peeking around the curtain when it comes to these things as well. And if you can't suss it out, we at the <laughs> voluntary tackle certainly can't do it either. Um, and now Dean Pay, just on him, do we still think he will be the man for the job? Is there a chance mm-hmm. that his neck will be sliced at some point this year? I doubt it. I think he's safe for this year. Yep. And what do, you, what do you attribute that to? The fact that they've got nothing better going? I think that they want to be like the Dragons, which who wouldn't? <laughs> they want to be like the Dragons. In, in terms of stupidly loyal to yeah, a yeah. club player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a good point, He's, actually. You yeah. know, he, he understands the dogs of war mentality. Yeah. Yep. All that crap about um, uh, when they had um, Hasler there and him not understanding the Bulldogs culture. I always thought that was a lot of shit. You but know. Re- I, I, you know, I agree on the outside, but then I start to think, like I think about Manly. I mean, that's the same critique of Manly, right? That well, but a lot of Manly fans think you have to be a Manly player. I don't believe that. I just think Trent Barrett was a shit coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's very true but as well. Des Hasler, I, I think the reason he w- went so well at Manly is because it's easy to look good after Trent Barrett's left, <laughs> but also he did have an existing relationship with are some of the players and yeah. he has got that aura about him in manly circles so that does make the because he has won grand finals yeah. he immediately gets buy-in doesn't he yeah, yeah. yeah. he just he looks like a renewed man though yeah. this year like he looks like i mean he looks so down and beaten uh, that last year yeah. for the dogs yeah. even in press conferences like he looked borderline suicidal but he just looks so re- re-energized it's from almost, the get-go it's almost like the moment he walked into manly he had this glow you know like the light from heaven coming on him and all the players were like oh, it's Dez it's Dez and they instantly started playing better yeah. yeah and I've always said LSD it's not a bad performance enhancer when you actually take it as a group don't do it on <laughs> your own it doesn't go out of your system as quickly as cocaine <laughs> okay well this, this is good to know um, do you know who told me that first time Joey Johns because he's always in the know when it comes to avoiding a drug test um, now we have predictions before we go to social media uh, for me 
I do think because of that uh, lack of depth issue, uh, because Kieran Foran's not going to be there from the beginning, um, I think they're going to struggle again. For me, 10th. I don't know what you guys think. I was actually going to say 10th as well. Okay, we've yeah, got two 10th. just outside the eight. I have them. I was. I have them twelfth. Twelfth. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't done up a full list, but off the top of my head, <laughs> yeah. I, I think. Mate, that's 12. not what this show's about, and you know it. So I'm you're sure fine. we've had other tenths as well. You guys will have to be. You know, have people. Someone might actually hold you to account on that, whereas I don't have to be there every week. <laughs> that's right. You can scat Sorry. out of here, and it's fine. Uh, we asked our listeners uh, how Canterbury will go in 2020. We the options were making the top four, making the top eight. Not finals, but okay, and terribly. And uh, 60%, roughly, uh, said no finals, but okay. So essentially, status quo. Uh, Not one person from the 54 votes received so far were willing to say top four, which doesn't bode well, I guess. Not even one Mm. really fanatic Bulldogs fan. See, top eight wouldn't actually surprise me that much, simply because I think there's potential for a lot of mediocrity in the comp in 2020 the way there was in 2019. Yeah. 2019, there was that huge drop-off from sixth place down to the Sharks. They could be there by default. Yeah, basically. Mm. It was just, who wants an, a final spot? Are you less shit? Who, all you have to do is finish <laughs> yeah. ahead of the Tigers. and The then Broncos made the finals, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but thankfully, they were humiliated when they did. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> Never seen a full house, you know, come to watch a slaughter like that. It was. You know? It was almost like the Roman Colosseum, wasn't it? They just unleashed the Tigers on the hapless Roman in the middle. I'm happy to see that happen more often. I've, I'm not a Broncos hater per se, but mm. I still enjoy watching them get flogged. Yeah, yeah likewise. You know, and they've had so much success over the years. It's just nice to see things come full circle. But uh, most most people on social media weren't alive the last time Broncos had this success. Is, this is true. Actually. You know what? Yeah, it's, yeah. I guess it's probably revealing my age a little bit. They weren't sentient. You know, they yeah. were just little. <laughs> Yeah, in, in, in they were mummy. still learning their ABCs when, yeah. they, when they won it in 2006. <laughs> when people looked up to Alfie. Yeah. Uh, well, for the record, 14.8% said top eight uh, and 25%, one in four, said terribly. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be, I think it's going to be a tough year for the Dogs. Any finally, uh, if you could give any wisdom to the Bulldogs before we end this segment, what would it be for 2020? Fold the club. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, uh, the last one for 2019. And uh, before we go, guys, is there any advice you want to give to the NRL about next year? Is there anything you want to see more of, less of, um, anyone you'd like to see murdered? Well, there was a rumour that David Gallup would be back next year, so my advice would be no. That's a fantastic bit of wisdom that we need to start circulating pronto. I haven't heard one positive endorsement of David Gallup when that suggestion was popped up. How bad is the A-League going right now? I know. The but also, didn't like him when he was the N- no. uh, the CEO of the NRL. Manly fans, certainly, we certainly didn't. So, so the, the, the NRL are thinking they want to bring in a guy who's overseeing a competition whose ratings are now getting so low that they don't even register as ratings. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> exactly. They're not even watching themselves. Yeah. That's what I love. I'm sure most episodes of Bluey get more watches <laughs> than most... most Games they make Super A-League. Rugby look good, and that's uh, that's a problem. Ooh, that's that, tough. That might be one step too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say things you can't take back, mate. That's an important <laughs> lesson. No, I, I genuinely follow these figures too. Like Super Rugby ratings are shocking, but mm. they they're still better than they're the still better than the A League. Well, it's all good to uh, a lot of the, the benefit of the NRL, <laughs> which is a good thing. Uh, a little side note: um, David Gallup used to live not far from me, um, so I had some um, sort of interactions with David. 
Hello, David, if you're listening. Did you, you probably, ever I don't egg think his you house? I never, I never did anything violent, Mario, but um, I did a lot of weird. I used to throw a lot of weird <laughs> at David Gallup. And one was, thing, it, was that a Kiwi accent and you actually used to said weed? Uh, no, uh, no, this is just, just my voice, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I'm labelled with this very bizarre pastiche of voices. Uh, but no, one thing I used to do when I used to drive along, he used to be a fan of jogging around the local area. And uh, whenever I saw him jogging on the road, I'd pull up very slowly in my car next to him, wind down the window. And go until the point where he noticed, right? Because obviously you do notice when there's a car travelling at your jog speed. And as soon as he turned, I'd have a very chuffed look on my face and say, way to gallop, gallop. Way to gallop, gallop. And I would say that over and over and over again until he jogged faster to get away from me. So you helped his personal best, really. (laughs) Exactly. I I really spurred him on there. That is so bad, you've almost made me like David Gallup. (laughs) (laughs) So what I would say is, as much as your criticism is fair, feel bad for the man, because I have traumatised him in my earlier youth. You're probably the reason the A-League is going so poorly. (laughs) I hope so. so. That's what I tell people. Well, that wraps it up, guys. Uh, Thank you very much for sticking around with us throughout the year. Just a reminder, we are on Apple Podcasts. If you have a thing, I think there's Stitcher, Spotify, and a some illegal forums in Russia, probably. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Voluntary Tackle. If you feel hungry for more league, you can also listen to other uh, podcasts out there like Sports Best Friends, hosted by our good friend Big T, who has a range of ripper yarns with some former greats to listen to. He's really lining up quite a few recently, so we definitely recommend getting into those. So until next time, just do what a vulnerable 15-year-old girl would do and tighten the chastity belt anytime you saw Prince Andrew milling around near your toilet block. See you next time. course we weren't going anywhere well we will be very shortly but uh not before we do our iconic mascot war now this is uh breaking new ground in the show uh we like to forge new spaces um we would all know not always successfully when i think it was about three or four weeks ago uh, we decided to have two people with autism have sex live on the show as ambient noise in the background that didn't work really well but hopefully this new ground will be successful because we're going to have a so i heard it worked okay for the two autistic people though oh they were putting it in the wrong place Anyway, uh, we're going to have a three-way mascot war. We don't know what each other's going to say, so on the count of three, we need to determine who's going to win. One, two, three. The Tasmanian Mustang. (laughs) Well, that cacophony of noises, let's go through. Let's just do a bit of a rewind there. Uh, For the record, mine was the Tasmanian Martin Bryant's. Mario, what was yours? Mine was the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, I love it. You've got a pair of numbers, which will be interesting. And Xander? The Cleveland Cavaliers. 76ers, we're going to start with you because it's difficult when your mascot is a number. So I'm imagining a pair of 76ers personified, uh, probably the size of Mao Meninga, you know, beefed up 76ers. Um, would they be fighting as a pair or would they split up? Could they essentially move around in a pincer movement? Is that how they could work? 
I mean, how do you defeat a number? Is it just a concept, in fact? Well, but that's yeah. It's like trying to beat time, in, isn't it? In reality, for some reason, I don't know what a seventy-six originally was supposed to be, but mm. you know, the mascot for the team is a dog. And being that's from Philadelphia, I figure it's going to go around and just infect your mascots with HIV. I love it. So a pair of numbers, maybe 76 is referring to someone's white blood cell count or something like that. <laughs> or how um, many days they lived after the diagnosis. Exactly. That's how many days after being patient zero. Xander, you said Cavaliers, is that right? Yes, I had to look this up. Um, <laughs> brilliant brilliant <laughs> research on the fly. So it turns out that a Cavalier is a supporter of King Charles I in the English Civil War. <laughs> So what an odd so, clash! So I'm I'm assuming they're really um, English. <laughs> All right. So what what did they what virtues did they bring to the table when they were protecting the king? Are they armed? I assume they're I mean, armed. I don't even know if they won. So <laughs> so basically, I guess that means we're just you're, you're going to get hammered yeah. in this thing because yeah, oh, they, I, they weren't even they weren't even necessarily active soldiers they were just supporters mm. you know, so. well, if we assume that they you know they lost the war that fits with the club right now who are losing a lot more games <laughs> than they win that was another reason i chose the cavaliers <laughs> now i've got the tasmanian martin bryant so obviously i'm bringing <laughs> a fair bit of anger to the table and i know i'm armed that's what i love about my mascot i know my mascot has the follow-through to callously kill heaps of people um so i feel like i'm Against I feel like we went God. to a really dark place all of a sudden. I'm just, just going to invite Jacinda Ardern onto the podcast. <laughs> just, she's coming up next for an exclusive interview. Uh, of course, we're not endorsing my mascot here. We're just seeing who would win in this fictitious war. Hopefully, after I bludgeon uh, your two mascots to death, I am incarcerated and, and I, there's a due process that follows. I'm going to say you're losing this very quickly because Martin Bryant in, was it 1996... Very different from Martin Bright in 2019. These days, he's just you know yelling at clouds, and <laughs> gun control means that he can't even get his hands yeah. on the weapon that he. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to back Murray up on this one. The story is about Martin Bright at the moment. I, I wouldn't back him in a fight against a tissue at this point. <laughs> Very might, true. He's he put might, on a lot of weight. I hear he might be able to beat up you know current Michael Jackson. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he might be able to dig up a dead body. Unfortunately, I have been trapped in the prism of my own logic. 